At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Captain's Corner. We're presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Uh, this is this is episode seven, eight? Losing losing count of episodes. Seven, eight? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sure it's, it, it's just been so much fun. We we lose track. So um this week we're doing things a little bit differently, recording on a Zoom. Everybody's okay. Uh we just had some schedule shifts and we'll get into that in a minute, but Joined by Stu, Ben, and Justin. How you guys doing? Doing well. Doing pretty well this evening. Can't complain. Good, Good to see you guys. So uh, let's uh, let's do things a little bit differently. Uh, obviously, Sunday was Halloween. Did anybody? Uh, any, do you, any of you guys dress up or any talk about some of the team best costumes if there were any? We had I a group personally, of like, uh, I know I was too. Oh, okay, I personally didn't dress up. Uh, I'm trying to think of some good costumes we saw on the team. I saw a couple Average Joe's gyms outfits. Yeah, uh, classic. And then I also, we have Andrew Bruski, an offensive lineman, uh, did a Luke Luke Combs. (laughs) He has a little beard like him, and so dressed up like Luke Combs, which was pretty funny as well. And I know we had a group of like eight guys all go out together dressed up as gnomes, so... They all put on like beards and little hats and stuff. We're all dressed up together, so it was pretty funny to see. <laughs> yeah, Willie stole my thunder on that one. It was it was pretty funny when all eight dudes were wearing the same thing, honestly. But I, I didn't wear anything. <laughs> Not a Halloween guy. I'm a Thanksgiving guy. All right. Well, what's uh? All right. So growing up, was that always the case for you, Ben, or was it just as you just kind of feel like you're over it, you're old now? Like no, no. I mean, I've always liked Thanksgiving just because I love food. Like I love pumpkin pie. Like I'll I'll eat half a pie to myself. Probably. <laughs> um, Uncle pumpkin pie over apple pie. Every single day of the week, I'm taking pumpkin pie. Um, and then the other thing about Halloween is like. I like sweets and stuff, but I just don't really like candy. So it's like I never really liked Halloween that much. But well, I, I'm with you on the Thanksgiving stuff. But we'll, let's we'll get there in a minute. We got a couple of weeks for that. But like, so what was what was your favorite? What's your guys' f- best Halloween costume growing up? Even I don't even know. I mean, I, I feel like I normally win as like a football player, honestly. But I think <laughs> I win as a Power Ranger, maybe. That was probably funny. I, was <laughs> I remember I went there so many times. I think I went as a cop one year and I had like fake handcuffs. And I remember that being fun to play with those all night. 
What were you saying, Justin? I think I was a football player so many times, honestly. I don't really remember ever dressing up in some like elaborate costume, honestly. <laughs> All right. We know Ben's not a huge candy guy either, but what's what's the best Halloween candy? I'm a so when I was growing up, there was this one house that offered like the full bars, like yeah. a candy. So yeah. like as a kid, you're like, you know, I'm going to the house first, trying to beat the rest of the crew there. And they always had the big crunch bar. So like crunch bar is probably my favorite. Um, I love a uh, hundred gram bar. I feel wow. Like very oh, we got Tom at Woodley. Not the hundred gram bars, too. Not the hundred well, grand. grand is it? Oh my gosh, the hundred gram bars are so overrated. So as a <laughs> as a defense, if we make a good play, Coach Ferraro gives us a hundred gram bars. Um, <laughs> so we get them, you know. And you just give them to Sue. <laughs> whenever we win, so I guess uh, in the last three games, I'll just uh, gladly hand over my hundred gram bars to Stu. <laughs> I, will, I will gladly take them. What do you got, Justin? Uh, honestly, I'm not a big candy guy. So, like for me, it's as simple as something like a good Jolly Rancher. It's probably all right. Go to for me. Not really big on like chocolates and stuff like that. So, and you know, the biggest question of Halloween. We'll close it on this: candy corn, good or bad? Absolutely, candy corn is fantastic. Candy corn is great. Terrible. I, I, it is truly shocking why so many people just find it like a personality trait to dislike candy corn. <laughs> they know they like it, and they just choose to give off this facade that it's nasty. But there's we, got there's got to be some no no. There's got to be some sort of psychological study if you like candy corn versus not like are you type A type B whatever like it it, it is a very divisive question. Yeah, there are two types of people. You either like candy corn or you lie about it. <laughs> so all right that's going to be do it for the halloween section i figured it's timely let's let's knock it out of the park let's try it out and then the other th reason we're on zoom today is because we're recording on a different time than we usually meet um because schedules change and uh, last year the ncaa mandated election day is a mandatory off day for everybody so uh, i want to talk to you guys and just see you know what what that was like for you all um switching up kind of routines and everything and what you kind of think how important it is to have this day off so you're able to get out and, and cast about i think it's always important um something that you know even though it interferes with our schedule a little bit it's not like the biggest change i mean we really just moved tuesday to monday and monday to tuesday right so it gives you know everyone on the team um coaches included time to you know to go vote, um, I think it's important um, that everyone should go out and get a vote in. Um, and then, you know, at least for the football's sake, I mean, like I said, it, it didn't really affect us that much. Um, it was just, you know, now's our day off. I actually kind of like the change up, um, just a little bit change in the week. So that's my perspective. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think it's good to get everyone out and vote and get, give everyone a chance to uh, cast their ballot. But in terms of football, I don't think it's a crazy change. It just changes up uh monday and tuesday kind of switch roles with monday normally being our off day and now tuesday is so i don't think it's anything too crazy football wise all right so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back and talk about uh wrap up the yale game and look ahead to harvard next weekend uh so you're listening to captain's corner presented by jag one we'll be back after the break jag one physical therapy is a proud partner of the columbia lions with state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. 
The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. All right, welcome back to segment two of Captain's Corner, presented by JAG-1 Physical Therapy. Uh, so guys, uh, let's, uh, put a cap on, on Yale, obviously, uh, tough result. Um, third quarter momentum kind of shifted, uh, kind of tell us, uh, from your perspective, what went on on Saturday. Um, I think Saturday, uh, just as a team, we were way too inconsistent. A lot of the things that we were doing, um, I think in all three facets of the game, uh, on offensively, we needed to convert more. We needed to, we left points on the board. We had a lot of opportunities that we need to take advantage of. Um, defensively, we played better at some points than we did in others. And then special teams, we let up a big punt return for a touchdown. So I think when you're playing a really good team like Yale, you just can't be inconsistent in those facets of the game and all three facets of the game if you want to come out with a win. And I think we were. You know, I think. Uh, something that's frustrating for us, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is that we often talk about not giving up big plays. You know, I think big plays often lead to losses, you know, especially in games when you feel like you're overall playing pretty well, you know, but then ultimately you look at the scoreboard and you look at the final box score and it looks pretty ugly. Uh, and, when, you know, when we go back and we watch the film, it all comes down to big plays, you know, and I think it's a lack of execution on our part, you know, both on like mental errors, but there are also some physical mistakes that we made. So, you know, it's, it's definitely frustrating. I think it's the most amount of big plays we've given up all year. So to have them all come in one game, you know, it's definitely frustrating for us on the defense side of the ball. And I think defensively also um, against Dartmouth, we did such a good job in the red zone and on third down. I think we went 11 for 19 on third down and they went four for four in the red zone and scored all, all of them being touchdowns. And then they got three two-point conversions. So, I mean, they executed perfectly in the red zone, which is, you know, under the conditions that we were playing them, like they did to us, they held us to field goals at times, which uh, play a big factor. So just those two facets of the game, I thought, you know, were pretty poor for, from our standards, um, from what we've shown um, in, in our previous games. And it's something that we're going to continue to work on and be, and be better at um, as, as a defense. In that third quarter, it's, it looked like Yale just kind of made an adjustment where they, you know, started taking more chances. Would that kind of surprise you guys from, you know, what you were calling defensively? Or did that, was it more of like just kind of errors, just just other mistakes by the players? Uh, I think ultimately that was just them capitalizing on our mistakes, you know. I don't think they really did anything that we weren't expecting. I just think that they started to execute a little bit better in the third and fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, like they, like I just said, I, I just 
I think it, it came down to a lot of mental and physical mistakes ultimately, you know, to give up as many points as we did in one half, you know, it doesn't happen without mistakes. So it's stuff that we got to clean up in practice this week. And like Ben said, you know, it comes down to being disciplined, you know, having that, having such a big swing on third down red zone, you know, is never good. So it's a reflection on us as a team. We have to do a better job preparing this week. So we're looking forward to uh, coming out these next two days of practice and getting better. I don't know about you guys, but it feels like a long time since homecoming. Does it feel like it's been like a long stretch since she played at home? Like, What's, what's it going to be like kind of coming back to some more friendly confines this weekend? It's, it's going to be definitely nice. I mean, it's it's our schedule aligns the second part, part of the year where we're two away games, two home games, then we got to go all the way up to Ithaca this year for our last game, um, which is a long bus ride. But um, it's just going to be nice to finally get it home. I mean, we have a 3-0 and record at home right now, and we want to continue to build on that against a really good uh, Harvard team. You know, what do you see out of Harvard and what do you, what do you think are some keys to this weekend's game? Um, from the offensive side of the ball, Harvard, I think, definitely has one of the best defenses that we've seen this year and is one of the best defenses we will see this year. Um, I think they've only let up the, at most 20 points in a game and their four defensive uh, defensive linemen and DNs, I think, are going to be the some of the strongest that we've seen. So offensively, we definitely have our hands full. They have a very strong defense, so we're going to need to execute have a great week of practice and come out swinging it's going to be kind of strength on strength because you know the the offensive strength has been running the ball all year and harvard's number one in the fcs in, in rushing yards allowed per game so um anything specific you know without giving anything away that you know are going to be keys to kind of make sure that you're going to be successful on the running in the running game this week um I don't think it's really going to be anything like special or anything different that we've been doing, but I think it's just going to come down to execution and winning our one-on-one -on -one matchups. They obviously have very good players, but we feel like our offensive line has very good players as well. So it's just going to come down to our execution, going five for five up front, and then obviously our running backs are outstanding. So them making plays for us. And then talk a little bit about defensively. What are, what are you guys going to focus in on uh, for this week, guys? Um, I, I think number 20 is – in my tenure here, um, probably the best back I have ever played. I think he's very patient in the whole. Obviously, he didn't play in 2019, but he played in 2018, had over 1,000 yards. He, he's extremely shifty. They use him in not only in the run game, but in the pass game. Um, and then number 21, their other back, I mean, they kind of have a two-headed dual at running back similar to us with Dante and Ryan. Um, that's really effective. And then, and then just, you know, they use their pass game off their off their run game, right? And so – you know, making sure this week, especially in the defensive backfield, we keep everything in front of us, don't allow the big play, um, and hopefully um, get some momentum back and, uh, you know, get back in the flow of what this defense uh, can really be like we showed against Dartmouth. So. All right. Well, that'll do it. Thanks, guys. Uh, good luck on Saturday. Uh, Columbia takes on Harvard this Saturday, November 6th at 1 p.m. at uh, Craft Field at Wien Stadium. So make sure you get your tickets by visiting GoColumbiaLions.com slash tickets or calling 888-LIONS-11. You can also catch all the action on ESPN+. So for Ben, Stu, and Justin, I'm Mike Kowalski. Thanks for listening to Captain's Corner. Make sure to check us out on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get the podcast. Search for Columbia Athletics and subscribe today. So we'll talk to you next week.